Welcome to RiskWise, a show about money for Muslims, where you'll learn how to make smarter financial decisions without selling your soul. For the full experience, join us at no cost at RiskWise.com. Assalamu alaikum, Risk Nation. Welcome to Ask RiskWise. I am your host, Ahmed Lenoor, joined as usual by my co-host, good friend and accomplice, defender of financial freedom. Yes. Saeed Ali. You like that I like one better? That. I, I like that one a lot better. So full disclosure, this was uh, we actually had a recommendation. Everybody else went quiet on me. I know, right? Despite my repeated requests for feedback, and I took that as as a sign that everyone loved the name Defender of Common Sense. However, one listener begged to differ yeah, and said, you know what? I think Defender of Financial Freedom is a better title for Saeed, and I couldn't agree more. I think Love it works. It. I really, really appreciate that. That's a really, really great title. I'm not going to fight it every, anymore. So thank you very much, Ahmed. The writer of compelling emails. I appreciate that you use that title instead. Was that was that, that your attempt at giving me a title? Is that, that what that that's, was? That's your new one. That, that, that's that's your title until somebody tells me different. I mean that just that just failed miserably. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. You'll get used to it. I knew you would hate it. That's why I wanted to use it. I'm just happy I don't need to hear you groan every time I introduce you anymore. <laughs> so that's 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 good enough for me. I'm happy. That's a plus. Good day. Right, Today let's a good get day. into it. Let's get into today's question. It's a good question. The question is, should I pay off my low interest student debt according to the schedule and invest it? Or invest the difference. Yeah. Uh, or I messed, I messed up the question. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You got it. Sh- should I pay off uh, my right. low interest student debt according to schedule? And invest the difference. I think I miswrote it. Or should I put all of the income and not invest at all and put it all towards the debt? Right. So in other words, should I accelerate the the debt the debt repayment uh, on my student loan, or should I just stick with the the predetermined schedule and then use the money that I have left over to invest? Mm-hmm. Now, just a, just a question here. When he says schedule, uh, how does that work? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is the minimum payment schedule set out by the financial institutions, if they have a set period of time, because a lot of student loan providers have a, you know, 10 year, uh, date that you have to have everything paid off by, or, uh, I'm not sure if the schedule means the financial institution schedule, or if it is, you know, a schedule that he has created, um, that's somewhat slower and more, more modest. So, you know, do I sacrifice investing altogether until the debt is done? Or do I do both? Is kind of what I understand. The yeah, uh, that's that's the question. Now, this question makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, we. This is the one question that Ahmed and I. I don't think we've ever done this before. But we've talked about this at least on three separate occasions yeah. to discuss this question. Usually, we, we you get a question. We kind of both know what the answer is going to be. Uh, we talk out what it's going to sound like. Uh, we put down some notes and then we record. But this one, we talked about three separate times because yeah, you weren't really comfortable with answering it. No, I'm I'm not comfortable with answering it. Um, even even still, <laughs> let's hope let's hope I am by the end of this. No, but let me let me just explain why. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Right, debt is a very dangerous thing. Okay, debt in general is a very dangerous thing. And actually, if you look at if you look at the Sunnah, the warnings against debt are not just related to interest bearing debt. Mm. The warnings against debt are general and. One would assume that those warnings relate to non-interest-bearing debt because interest-bearing debt is is impermissible. So, 
so when you look at the warnings in the Sunnah about debt, and and there's some there's some pretty serious ones, right? Like one, it's related that the Prophet ﷺ did not pray janazah on one of the companions because he had debts outstanding until the debts were paid. Oh wow! And after the debts were paid, then he then he prayed janazah. And there's a hadith that says that that the believer's soul is suspended until his debts are paid. Mm, wow! So one would assume that that's referring to non-interspering debts, right? So mm-hmm. that it's a serious matter even at that level. Um, because the, the the scholars say that the one who's indebted to individuals cannot be you know true with his lord, mm-hmm. right? So that's the issue, right? And then to add to that, when we're dealing with interest bearing debt, it just makes things even more dangerous for obvious reasons that we don't need to get into here. Yeah. So this is my concern: is that it's a very fair question. It's a valid question. I think it's a question that a lot of people have. A ton of people. This absolutely. brother's asking about student loans. But people have the same question when it comes to mortgages and other types of debt, right? It's a valid question, but my fear and what I don't want to do today, and I want to get this out of the way, is I don't want to give people an excuse to, you know, go lax on their debt repayment and continue to, to, to be in debt for longer and incur interest. I don't want to give them an excuse to do that. Because they've chosen to invest instead. Or anything else for that matter. Right. That's my fear. Okay. So let's get into that. I mean, you know, I, I think the the questioner kind of, you know, has a perspective that most people would have and would agree with, which is that, you know, my default assumption is that I shouldn't be investing. You know, I have debt on my head. I have debt that I have to pay off. Um, you know, whether or not it's bearing interest, I guess you're, you're, the point you're making is that's irrelevant. It's still debt. Um, so, you know, the, the default assumption is that I don't invest at all until that's all gone. And that's fair enough. And that's the conclusion that many Muslims will come to. And that's totally fine. Now, the difficulty with that is we create, you know, this very clear rule that's strictly against investing while in debt. But then we don't have a rule about non-necessary spending too. All right. Yeah. Right. So we say we're not going to invest. There's no way I'm going to invest while I'm in debt. But, you know, I'm going to go out and buy a Mercedes and or, you know, a one and a half million dollar house or, you know, I'm going to continue to, you know, buy the best things for my kids send them to whatever schools, buy them all this stuff, buy my spouse, all this stuff, buy myself, all this stuff. But, you know, I have debt, so I'm not going to invest. Yeah. And that's the danger in this line of very simplistic thinking where we don't evaluate everything holistically. We just have this one rule about one element of our finances and that's fair, but then we don't create the rule on the other stuff because what practically ends up happening, and this is common that I've seen with clients and their parents and Muslims in the community generally, because you know I'm, I'm around, I talk to people, is that people end up retiring or they you know, wake up in their 55, 60, they probably still have a mortgage because they still paid it off. They still paid their debt according to the financial institution's schedule. They didn't really accelerate it. But they don't have any investments either because they said, oh, no, I mean, I have debt. I can't invest. But they got so a lot of stuff. They have a ton of stuff, right? <laughs> house full of stuff. And, uh, you know, I've had some situations where I've had to help people move out of their parents' house. And, uh, you know, we had to do that for my mother-in-law. She had to move out of the house that they lived in for 30 years. And you realize how much stuff you accumulate and how much money you can tally up was spent on stuff that's still in packaging and still has tags. That's another conversation altogether. But 
people end up getting older with no investments, no savings, no preparation for retirement at all. Yeah. They may still have debt because they never accelerated it either. And they, may have, and they may have thought in their 20s and 30s that, you know what, I really shouldn't be investing until I until I pay off my debt. And then lo and behold, it never happened mm-hmm. because all these other things got in the way. And to me, you know, say honestly, like we talk a lot about psychology of money. And mm-hmm. I think we, we really try to communicate to people here. Hopefully it's working that money when we talk about money, it's not just about money. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a deep psychology um, r- related to how we handle our money in our relationship with money that we have to consider. Right. And as Muslims, we have a whole, you know, sophisticated um, discussion on the issue of the nafs, of the mm-hmm. ego, right? The Prophet said that your worst enemy is the one that's between your two sides. Mm-hmm. It's your ego, right? Because your ego compels you to do things that are against your best interests. And this, mm-hmm. to me, this is classic, right? Because what's happening here is your ego is telling you when when you're faced with the decision to invest, your ego is saying, no, 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 you shouldn't invest. You shouldn't invest because you have debts. You have debts. Yeah. You have to pay off those debts. That's an obligation upon you. Investing is not a priority. You should not invest. But then okay. the same ego then goes and stabs you in the back <clears throat> when it comes down to buying that car or getting the extra bedroom in the house or getting the kitchen renovation or the mountain bike or whatever it may be. Then the ego says, no, I mean, you have to live, right? Mm-hmm. Your li- mm-hmm. Life's not going to stop. You have or- to pay off your debt. Stick to the schedule. Stick to the schedule. Pay off your debt. Sure, do that. But I mean, you got to drive to work. <laughs> oh, the, the two classic sentences is, I deserve so-and-so, you know, expense, or I can afford yeah, so-and-so expense. And, you know, we can convince ourselves that we, we deserve or we afford, we can afford practically anything. So I don't know, Ahmed, if we're answering the question. Is that okay? I, I think it's perfectly fine because my point here is that you know, just recognize the double standard. I think we can all agree that that there is a double standard to say that, no, I can't invest because I have debt, but then to spend money on discretionary purchases that are not actually required, they're not actual necessities, that's a double standard. Mm-hmm. It, that's obvious, right? Now, and then ask yourself, if you have that double standard, ask yourself why. You know, what? like, what are your... Uh, I love the term Ramit Sethi uses. Um, mm-hmm. Ramit Sethi being the author and the blogger at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Don't care mm-hmm. for the title, but it is a good <laughs> blog, and he's got some really <laughs> useful content. Um, he 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 refers to invisible scripts, mm-hmm. invisible scripts being the internal scripts, uh, maybe a better way to put it, that or the stories that you tell yourself in order to in order to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. So ask yourself, what are the invisible scripts or the stories that you're telling yourself or that more accurately, your nefs or your ego is telling you to get you to um, to 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 have that double standard and to spend on things that, you know, you don't need. Even though you should be putting that money towards debt repayment and ultimately investing for your future. Yeah, Exactly. And so, you know, unfortunately, this is one of the rare times. Actually, no, maybe we do this often that we, we're not answering the question. We're not telling anybody. Oh, we anybody. do this all the time. <laughs> we and do we this knew. all the time. We read the question. We acknowledge the question. We discuss the question. We debate the question. But we very rarely 
actually answer the question. I know. I mean, giving specific advice is impossible on a podcast because everybody's listening and there's you know thousands of people who listen to it and people apply and misapply the way they want it to. But I, I really, we want to raise this concern in your brain that a double standard exists. If you are going to choose to not invest because you have debt, that's fair. But then you also need to have a strict rule about spending too because if you don't, it's only you that is going to suffer for it. Because what I see happens at the end of the day, like I said, people get older, get pushed into retirement, forced into retirement, or they, you know, they just have to retire for, for health reasons and they don't have any investments. They still have debt, most likely. Um, even if they don't have debt, the fact that the matter that they don't have investments is it makes you dependent upon society significantly more so than you would otherwise. And it makes you dependent upon your kids, upon the people around you, upon the community. You know, that's the situation that you would be putting yourself in. And you would only have yourself to look at as being responsible. And we can't say, well, you know, I wanted to invest when I was younger, but I couldn't because I had debt. Sure, that was true. And what we want to encourage you to is to recognize that we should also have some kind of rule about spending. What that rule is, I mean, I can't tell everybody to, you know, rent out the top floors of their house and live in the basement and bike to work and eat craft dinner, right? We talked about that previously of a, a person who made the news recently. Yeah. And, and I think hard and fast rules are good. Like, I would embrace the idea of having hard and fast rules. If you've got one for investing that you're not going to invest until you pay off your debt, that's good to the extent that it actually motivates you to pay off your debt. And the same thing with spending. That that guy who, who we talked about who paid off his mortgage in three years, you know, he didn't do it by being willy and nilly about debt repayment, right? He did it by having hard and fast rules. He only ate craft dinner, right? He didn't have a car. He biked to work. He packed lunch every day. He had he didn't eat out, right? He had all these hard and fast rules around spending, and that was motivation for him to pay off his debt sooner. Because if he took longer to pay off his debt, then he'd have to live, you know, miserably <laughs> for a longer time, right? Miserly. You meant miserly, right? I meant miserably, but also miserly, I guess, right? Like it, you know, didn't sound. I I would not like to eat craft dinner every night. Wouldn't recommend no. it either. Even if you know, even if you are hard up for cash, I would I would splurge <laughs> on some food that's good for your body. But my yeah. point is that you know, it the the thought of living like that for a longer period of time, I'm sure was a was a really strong motivator for him to stick to his plan. Exactly. And that's that's what we want to motivate you towards today. So if you've got that, that uh, conundrum in your brain, in your uh, world right now where you have debt, you want to invest, but you don't know what you should do, if you choose not to invest because you have debt, great. Uh, but then you also need to have a very concrete and, and hard rule about your spending too. And that should motivate you to get, get you out of debt quicker and you know like we had talked about so far create that schedule figure out how quickly you can get out of debt one of the reasons is obviously so you're not in debt anymore but also you've got to prepare for your future you know old age is coming time is gives mercy to no one and time is clicking on so the longer you stay in debt the longer you refrain from investing the worse off compounded you'll be over time so use this as a motivation on both sides Strict on investing, strict on spending. Let's get you out of debt. Yeah, one more idea comes to mind, say, and this is kind of a precursor to our next episode on, on staying motivated on your journey to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. And that is that uh, a great sheikh once said that 
uh, our nature with the nafs is that of diplomacy. We give it what it wants so that it gives us what we want. Huh. And the application of that to this, I think, is the nature of the nafs is that the nafs is not going to be like, oh, I really want to invest. <laughs> I really want to put away thousands of dollars for my future. That's not something the nafs is going to really you know, capitalize on, right? I feel like mine does. <laughs> well, you've trained your nafs really, really well. <laughs> I think most normal people, like that's not a desire um, that, that their nafs compels them to. Uh, yeah, but for right. most people, it's it's the car, it's the house, it's something very worldly, something material. That's what the nafs really thrives on, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, capitalize on that. Use that to your advantage. So the next time you want something, right, that you know is going to get in the way of your debt repayment schedule, you know it's going to throw off your plan. The next time you want something, make that your reward for getting out of debt. Oh, yeah. And a list is great for this stuff, stuff that I want when I do get out of debt and make that. You know, it, it's very easy for people to just buy what comes into their head. You know, I feel like I, I want this and you just go buy it. You don't even have to go anywhere. You just pull out your computer, your phone, your your laptop, your iPad. You go to whatever site, Amazon, eBay, you click buy and it's done. You just thought of it and now you're going to own it. And, you know, as soon as it arrives. So dangerous and, when you put it like that, eh? That's, really <laughs> just, that's insane. You just literally like you can think of it and then within seconds you can you can own it. You can well, you can definitely have spent on it. <laughs> it takes a little while for you to get it, but you can spend on it and uh, you know take possession of it in a few days from the minute that you thought. Like, and that's obviously what advertisers expect. They try to create that desire and make that purchasing process very simple for you. Um, that's the whole point of, of modern day commerce for sure. But instead of doing that, and that's a very easy habit to have because you can afford it, quote unquote. Um, instead. The things that you want that you just think of or that you see advertised or that you, you know, you desire from whatever mechanism, write it down, make a little list, you know, stuff I want and entitle it that stuff I want. Don't have to be fancy about it. Just stuff I want as you think of it, add to that list, maybe put in a price too. And I agree with Ahmed that should be rewards for paying off debt, you know, and they should be small. Obviously don't go back into debt because you bought something that you wanted after you got out of debt, obviously. But uh, yeah, and some know. of them, depending on how, how large they are, some of them can be rewards for the various milestones. Like if you pay off a certain amount of debt, maybe you give yourself a small reward. Nothing that's going to significantly throw off your plans, but something that that kind of satisfies you and and helps you stay firm on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. But now we're getting into the next episode. So let's stop there and save some for for that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Inshallah. Okay, Saeed, thank you so much. And thank, thank you very you much. And thank you to everyone else for listening. Wassalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.